Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to episode 88 of Conquering Columbus. This week, we open up chapter 2 of our Fusion saga. Zach Weprin, one of the co-founders of Fusion, joins us again to talk about everything that has changed at Fusion since our last episode and where they're heading next. I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode a lot, and Zach has a lot of great insights on being an entrepreneur and what it takes to run your own business. Before we get to that interview, though, I want to ask you all for a quick favor. If you haven't already, pick up your phone and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening on. It really helps support our show, and it'll make sure you never miss a single episode of Conquering Columbus. We also want to take a moment to thank some of our supporters. Conquering Columbus is brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. And for more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. Mike here again. Do you want to be a sponsor of Conquering Columbus? We are looking for some new supporters to help keep the show going in 2018. To inquire about how you can help support the podcast, please send an email to mike at conqueringcolumbus.com. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Uh, Today on the show, we've got Zach Weprin, and he's one of the co-founders of Fusion, and he's come back here for another round on Conquering Columbus to talk about all the things that have changed since our first interview with them and uh, what direction Fusion is heading in now. We're really excited to have him on the show again. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Zach. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> and uh, you, know, you, see, I mean, you mentioned earlier it's a big day tomorrow. So uh, what you guys got going on over Fusion? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, it's uh, what is it, February 6th, 2018. Um, we, uh, we launched our, our test kitchen almost a year ago here in Grandview, right around the corner. Um, launched our bowl product and uh, managed to get the bowls in half the stores over the last uh, 12 months, and we're officially launching them in the other five stores starting tomorrow. So all of Cincinnati, all of Dayton, um, we'll finally have bowls, which we're excited about. <laughs> <laughs> and how, Well, I, I was curious. I was going to say, how have those bowls been received here in Grandview so far? Um, they've been great. You know, it's... Um, 
it's uh, we've learned a lot. Um, we've uh, a lot's happened since we launched the Bulls um, inside our inside our team as well as the company. Um, so a lot changed uh, as we were doing it. So um, it's been a wild ride since I last sat with you guys. Um, it's probably why I canceled so many different. Uh, tape, tapings with you guys. I was like, uh, I kept holding back, but um, th they've been great. Um, people love them. Um, we're actually changing some of the ingredients as well tomorrow. We're switching out our kale and taking off a few ingredients, adding some new ones, keeping it fresh. And uh, this is kind of our, our, our step one um, to making sure all the stores are operating the same way. And then uh, we're then focusing on actually changing the menu again in the next couple quarters to get a little bit more towards the seasonal menu and add some new ingredients that um, nobody at Fusion's ever seen. So we're gonna, we're, we're very excited with the innovation that's coming up to continue to make the experience um, best in class. And, and that's, uh, that's what we're focusing on. So people keep talking about it and enjoying the food. <laughs> How'd the concept come about? The concept of the bowls? Yeah. Um, well, the bowls, it's interesting. I mean, as, as we've been um, kind of embarking on this journey for almost eight years now, trying to you know, create this experience in our four walls that we thought we wanted, that other people wanted, and that's kind of that was the vision at the beginning, is to create the sushi experience. And as we've grown, um, we've learned a lot. Um, you know, every every day we're learning something new in terms of a better way to to create that this experience. That whether it's um, our product, whether it's the way we design our stores, whether it's where they're located. Um, but this is this is um, this is to appeal to a larger demographic to overcome the veto vote for somebody that says they may not like sushi. So as part of the education of what our product is, in many ways, our bowls are more or less a deconstructed sushi roll. Um, we added some new ingredients, some new dressings, um, some new flavors that um, are amazing. Um, but uh, it's, it's a way to appeal to more people. So if there's one, one person in the group of five that says, I don't eat sushi, well, it's a lot easier to sell them on a bowl than it is to you know explain to them how, more, how much more we have than just sushi, and that sushi really is just rice. So um, so that's a big thing. Also, you know, if you're, uh, we're able to appeal for people that don't want rice anymore too. So you can just have this, this, uh, Tuscan kale as a base, um, and still get all the fresh ingredients, whether you want, you know, uh, the raw tuna product or even chicken. So, um, it's really to continue to create a super fresh product. We're still making everything in-house from scratch, um, every single day in each restaurant. And we're continuing to appeal to more people and tell the story that way. So, um, just to continue to broaden our horizons I guess no it makes sense yeah and you guys you're kind of turning two gears at once so like you guys are obviously growing very quickly and then you're also evolving your product line at the same time I'm curious to hear what the discussions sound like internally when you guys are thinking about like hey do we branch down this new avenue is it aligned with our brand um, as our brand you know who we are and our people and our products are just what we're gonna offer do you guys consider that much or is it just like if they like it keep selling it no, I mean, it, it has to align with with your brand. It has to align with your culture, and everybody needs to understand the why. Um, you know, this this is, it's been a process. You know, any any change you make within an organization, um, it, it takes a lot. You need to understand the why behind it. Um, so it wasn't like this it just happened overnight, and we're just, you know, threw it out there, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was it was a simple thing. It, it's a lot more complicated than that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it all fits underneath the entire fusion umbrella in terms of, this kind of fusion experience, which is, you know, a bunch of different flavors together, mostly Asian inspired, and um, to create a, an experience that's hitting on all the senses, and it's great food and great people and, and high quality. Um, so, so it's you know we started as this kind of this sushi roll place, but in, in many ways we want to 
we create we changed the name to Fusion after our original name when we first started the company seven years ago to Fusion for a reason, which would allow us to continue to to open up different opportunities and evolve the menu and expand it and um, really play around with what we ultimately believe will work the best. And people's habits are always changing and uh, what people want are always changing. So we're trying to be ahead of that and, and trying to, to, to create what you want before you even know that you want it, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So let's kind of take a step back though, I, yeah. I think, and take it back to where we were when we did our last interview. Uh, which was a little over a year and a half ago now, I think. Would have been all the way back in 2016. Yeah. And uh, I think at the time you guys had maybe one more restaurant or two more locations than you do currently. Is that correct? Uh, well, because we, we closed a couple stores. Right, the one, in, the one on campus is the one I'm most curious about. I know yeah. we kind of touched on that a little, but can you talk about kind of all the things that have happened since then, what led up to some of the decisions that had to be made and what your guys' goals now moving forward are? Well, the goals are the same: is to uh, to to make uh, you know a, a create a valuable experience, which ultimately creates a valuable uh, company, and continue to create as much value for our customers and for our teammates and um, for the community. So, um, we ended up closing. We closed actually. We actually closed two stores. Um, we closed the Ohio State store and we closed the uh, store in University of Cincinnati. Um, that learning lessons, the growth. I mean, that's what, a lot's changed since uh, we. Uh, I sat down with you about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, it, when we opened the three stores around the campus store, um, and then as, as campus is evolving, it was uh, um, it just wasn't the best location for us. It wasn't the most convenient. Um, it wasn't on High Street. I am a, an Ohio State graduate, so I look forward to relocating on Ohio State's campus someday um, to making it work. But you know, it, it it helped us kind of. It was a stepping stone for us and. Um, when we opened the Grandview store specifically, it took a lot of that business, plus it's more convenient. Um, so it worked out well for us to, to kind of finish up that lease and, and close that store and, and focus on the other stores that are making a lot more money. So um, that was a, you know, that was, it's one of those things where you, uh, you know, you're kind of making, making decisions is tough. Being, um, you know, when, when I made that, when we, when we were working on that project, um, I probably made that decision a little too prematurely. Um, I was excited. Um, maybe I've got a little bit more experience now in trying to make sure that we're making great decisions because um, I went to Ohio State and I wanted to get up to Columbus because I knew how successful Fusion would be in Columbus. Um, and uh, so it was a good, good learning experience. I mean, we've had, that's, that's one of many learning experiences we've had, um, you know, last year as well as you know, the, learn, the growth continues to happen no matter what. I mean, we've, we've learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a different person than I was a year and a half ago when I sat down with you guys, and it's, uh, I'm grateful for that. Like, it's, uh, mm -hmm. the, the failures are, are really the, mom the, the, the moments where you, where you grow more than you have any idea, and you really don't feel the growth until you're going through it or it's over. Um, and you could, you could talk about it, and you could hear, you know, you know, entrepreneurs or you can hear people that are inspiring other entrepreneurs that it's important to fail and fail fast which I believe in all those things but until you actually go through it yourself it, it, it's not as real so now you know those are some big failures and I've grown a lot and it's uh, uh, I'm excited that I'm still uh, have the fortunate opportunity to keep doing what we're doing and make it better and uh, keep growing so that's what we're doing how many stores are you guys at right now so we have we have ten stores. Um, we have three in Columbus, three in Cincinnati, three in Dayton, and one in Toledo. Um, 
you may explore in some other markets too, right? Last time I talked, I think you guys were out in like New York City, LA, just checking out some other um, kind of big city climates and yeah, I mean, we, uh, I mean, we believe Fusion's going to work in every community across the country. Um, we travel a lot. We like to eat at a lot of places and see what's going on out there. And, and you know, we believe that, you know, if you see a couple of the, the stores that we built this year in Beaver Creek and Dayton and Toledo, I mean, they're, I mean, they're beautiful and they're getting more and more efficient every, st- every time we build a new store. And I look forward to the day where we open, you know, something like that in downtown Chicago or New York or D.C. or Boston or a big market where the density is much higher and we can really take the fusion experience to a much higher level. Um, and I mean that because, you know, I, I, I love what we've done here, um, but I also want to see what it's like in a market where more people eat sushi or are willing to try it. So one of the biggest things that we're continuing to learn about and to, you know, educate people in this market is what the product is. And that's back to kind of why we're doing the bowls and why we do a lot of the, you know, a lot of the work that we do is to continue to really create this segment that still doesn't exist. So it's not for us. It's not like opening, you know, a pizza shop or although, you know, I mean, or a burger place or whatever. I mean, we're still selling sushi at the end of the day. So it's, um, you know, it's these this rolls and bowls combination. So we're still reinventing ourselves. And how do we go to market? How do we tell that story? You know, how does the brand evolve um, for people to connect to that story? Um, and that's something we're, we're we, ha- we don't have that solved yet and we're still working on it and that's gonna I have a feeling that's gonna that's gonna be going on forever <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's funny I think that you mentioned it I mean I think the Midwest especially you know maybe rural Ohio not rural but we have a lot of rural folks around Ohio and you get a lot of that well, I don't eat that sushi stuff and it, it's funny that you know you guys are finding you guys are finding a lot of success in the Ohio area I, I definitely I'm interested I, I think you guys are gonna have uh, a bit of a ramp when you get into some bigger markets like Chicago and New York and those like you said that people are much more willing to actually try sushi and looking for fast casual sushi there they can pick it up and feel like it's fresh I think that's one of the biggest things about like going to your uh, supermarket and picking up the sushi is, is this really fresh I mean they put it in this box and it's been sitting here for a while I don't know so uh, yeah I'm excited to see where you guys go once you do get into those bigger markets yeah I mean it's uh you know, we believe that the kind of the you know the the ship, all the ships rise together as the as the tide comes in and goes out. So, you know, as the as we continue to excel and we make it to those markets one day, you know, I think everything's going to rise here as well. Um, you know, uh, it's it's funny. I I, I I'm, I'm thinking about um, a couple months ago. I was I was sitting down with uh, not to change the subject or something. I was just thinking about another growth moment. Um, and one of the biggest things for us that we've learned as you're growing, um, you know, our people come in and they see our, our, our store and they see the experience and like, this is amazing. Why, you know, why aren't you opening these faster? Why aren't you growing quicker? And we, you know, from our perspective, we thought we were growing fast and we were. And we realized that we, we made some mistakes along the way in terms of making sure that we have the right people in the right place um, and, and maintaining that culture as you grow. That's, that's the tricky part. And um, we're still working on that. You know, we've, we've had some turnover. We've, we, we, um, we, uh, we learned the hard way, maybe um, by, by growing. And, you know, it, it's the same thing that everybody says, don't grow too fast or you could lose everything. You know, I think uh, that was another thing where we learned the hard way as well, is that we, we made some mistakes. We maybe put some people in positions that weren't necessarily ready for those type of leadership positions. And, um, you know, so we, we lost a little bit on the experience that we were creating. So 
we're st- we slowed down our growth to focus on our operation to make sure that we're executing at the highest level. And that takes time. So we hired a new director of, a new director of operations. We have a new culinary director. Um, so we're bringing in some new leadership that is really going to help evolve the culture in the organization. Um, you know, culture. Culture is something that, you know, I always thought culture was, you know, what would, you know, how, what are, you know, everything between our, our brand and our values, which are, you know, we live by our values. But culture at the end of the day is behaviors and what you, what you accept and what you allow to exist within the organization. And culture changes every single day. So every single day we're now focused on, well, not that we weren't before, but with different leadership and, and as we're rebuilding teams, um, you know, the culture is continuing to, to elevate itself and, and mature, you know, every single day. That was a tough learning lesson. So it's, it's funny. I, uh, I, tend to, I, I, I tend to think about the, the, the growth moments more so than, you know, you know I, I don't know why. I, I always kind of stick on that. I feel like it's the most... Uh, it's a humbling way to, to really kind of connect with, with everybody in terms of what you're trying to do. It's not like, you know, every company is built of people in an organization, um, and people have to work together to build something great. And if you have great people working together, it, it, it'll, it'll rise together. So, you know, it's, you know every, every business goes through its ups and downs, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's really... Uh, it's 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 such a cool it's it's the best way to live. I mean to, to go through that 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 ride and really keep growing. Um, yeah, I'm rambling now. What do you? What <laughs> no, do you, it, it's funny. It's funny that you made that connection though. And just earlier today, so you're talking about your your cultures and your values and connecting that to behaviors. And I talked to a guy today um, with a company called Root, and they built you know 40 plus million dollars in revenue off of just going inside of you know Fortune 1000 companies typically and taking their values and their culture they see paste on their walls that people aren't really living by finding a way to connect those with actual behaviors that people in the company are having. And these exercises kind of really help people conceptualize, you know, what our culture is within our organization. Because it's not an easy task, especially not when you're a smaller company. And I was talking to him to try to relate it here to FMX, where we got 30 employees, and he's dealing with, like, 200. And he's like, he's like, man, it's just it's a hard dynamic. You know, it's, it's harder in bigger companies where they have a lot of structure. It's even harder if you're constantly growing and, and changing really fast. Yeah, I mean, you're you're – Exactly, and every company's different. Every organization is different. You know, we're we're growing. I feel we we like we're driving down the highway. You know, trying to change tires as we go. So it's not like we're our concepts perfectly. You know, consistent, right? We're changing our menu and evolving our stuff while opening new stores. So it's you know we're adding bowls while we're opening new stores. It's you know the concept still is there's a lot a lot changing and um, that'll continue for forever. So it's really developing a culture of change and getting you know it's. Um, our coach taught us last year a lot about learning how to be uh, comfortable being uncomfortable in those growth moments and leading through that and, and being humble and being you know, vulnerable and inspiring the people around you and making sure that they understand um, the vision and the why behind it. Um, so all kinds, of, all, all kinds of good stuff in there, yeah. So what is and, and, and we you know we just stop talking about sushi for a second. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what does pressure look like from the outside? I mean, last time I talked or we talked with you, I think that um, you guys had just taken on you know some friends and family funds, and you guys were kind of growing organically from that. Is that still the case? Have you guys taken on more funds to grow quicker? Can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, no, we have. Well, yes, we can talk about it. No, we haven't taken on any outside investment. Um, we're still bootstrapped all the way. Um, so it's uh, you know that's. You know, that's a, another learning experience. You know, um, eventually we, we will bring on capital. I mean, it's, we're not going to, 
um, unless we want to, you know, grow extremely slow. Um, the, the plan is to bring on some capital so we can enter a major market and find the right partner that's willing to take that risk with us. Uh, but at this point, it's still all us. So, you know, that's, that's an interesting, you know, element when, when you see, you know, the way we're building the stores, the amount of money that we're spending, and we're, we're bootstrapping it. You know, I mentioned that we close a store. You, you spend a lot of money, and if you open up a store and it doesn't make the amount of money that you want, it's, you still got a, you know, you still got a loan payment. You know, you're, you're, you're still, uh, you still got the, the principal and interest going out every single month. And um, so cash flow, cash flow is key. Um, so all good stuff, though. I mean, we, um, we're, we're, we're proud of the fact that, of the way we've been able to, to get to this point. Um, and, and, and maintaining that kind of, that it, it's a different way of looking at the way you spend money and the way you make decisions and the way you, you know, we're getting people come at us all the time trying to sell us stuff and sell us stuff and it gets distracting. Um, you, so you got to stay focused and not get distracted and really be very smart about how you spend your dollars um, and make sure you have the margins to, to cover all your, your costs while you're growing. It's a, it's a crazy way to grow a retail brand with uh, being bootstrapped, but we're proud of it and we're excited and, um, we, uh, we're taking it one day at a time right now. Do you guys still have a board in place or advisors that you guys kind of turn to as the company's growing to kind of bounce ideas off of from people who have already been there? Or? Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, um, yeah, I was sat down with Cameron Mitchell and David Miller a couple months ago, and, you know, we're talking about all kinds of stuff, and they're, they're definitely chewing me up a little bit, putting me in my place, which was great. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, um, right now it's still within the family. Um, so we don't have like an official board right now, um, but we have plenty of advisors, and I, you know, we I, I talk to a lot of different people. So it's um, we're 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 making the right moves in terms of the advice that we're getting from our advisors, and you know that was one of the things that uh, David always talked to me about was like, have you hired that culinary director yet? And I was very proud to tell him the guy that we hired and what we're doing. So I'm excited for the direction that we're going from a culinary standpoint. Yeah, and. Let's talk a little bit about those hires, those key hires that you guys are making, specifically to drive your culture and that change those behaviors. Uh, so what was your hiring process like? What were you looking for in these new people? Huh. Um, well, I've never hired somebody like that. So that was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, uh, well, first of all, it was experience. I mean, the guy that we ended up hiring moved from Chicago. He's been in the business um, for over almost 20 years. Um, you know, he was with some, you know, uh, noodles and company for about like eight years and he was with a company out of Chicago for called Roti for several years and, um, really just somebody that understands how to lead, um, and to create an accountable culture. Um, and, and, um, you know, it, sometimes too, it's, you, it's, it's just like any, any other risk that you take when you hire, um, a new person that's a, a extremely valuable person, it's a big risk. Um, and you hope you make the right one. Um, this one actually, uh, his name's Zach. He actually he he found us. Hmm. So he uh, he went to Fusion, much like several of our team members. Uh, he went to Fusion and was blown away with the experience and understood the passion for food that we have, and um, he does it as well. And um, and that that passion for the restaurant business and once it's in your blood, it's, uh, it's hard to get out. So he, he had that and he loved what we were doing with the food and how we're making everything from scratch in house. And, um, he sees the vision and he sees the opportunity. I mean, he's, he's excited to, he, he's young too, which is great. So, um, he's, he's excited to come along for the ride. Um, and, 
so so that yeah that's the director of operations um as far as the culinary director um we needed somebody a little bit more experienced in sushi um the funny it, yeah we that was really that simple um we found a guy out of cincinnati that's been that's had a lot of sushi experience over the years also spent several years in chicago um so just really kind of finding the right people that understood what we were trying to do and just we sat down with them we ate a lot of food we we talked and um we bonded and you know it, it felt right so we made we made a move and uh we haven't looked back since it's got to be pretty cool to see people come to you especially if you're you know experiencing a slight failure every now and then with like having to close a store just strategic decisions that you look back on and say maybe we could have done this better and then i know at least here like we'll make mistakes we'll have setbacks and then we'll have somebody come to us and say hey we heard about your company we heard this this and this and you just it fires you up again you know you start getting inspired and you realize like we're doing the right thing and the words getting out there oh yeah and you dwell on those small mistakes but it's always nice to kind of get some reassurance from the outside yeah i mean it's uh a hundred percent i mean that's why it's the the people that you surround yourself around is, is so important you know i my my support team around me um has been influential in that i mean he my dad was my dad was uh, a, a huge influence in me in the last 12 months in terms of um really kind of teaching me things that I, I probably wasn't fully listening to at the highest level the first couple years. Um, he told me I had a pretty big ego. <laughs> um, no, but he, uh, you know, having that support and that influence, um, being able to talk to him, who, you know, he's been an entrepreneur for his whole career. So really surround yourself around the right people, whether it's your advisors or the board, or David Miller, who's, you know, built an incredible restaurant company with Cameron Mitchell or, you know, my father, just to understand you know, the, the ups and downs and the day-to-day of, you know, what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, we, we, when we started this thing, it's I, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is the difference between being, you know, an entrepreneur versus an executive and a CEO. Big difference. Um, and really trying to understand the skill sets required to be excellent at both. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're not the same. So understanding which role to play when and how you um, kind of interact with everybody around you um, and inspire the people around you, it's, you know, you have to play two different roles. Um, but, you know, those, that skill set is something that, I'm, you know, you're constantly learning about. And, um, you know, those, those advisors and those people around me are the ones that help kind of paint the picture and keep it clear so you stay focused and um, make as many good decisions as possible and, and build the team and inspire, you know, everybody around you and be the cheerleader and, and also know you know about what it, you know know about innovating and and adding bowls and really making sure that you're executing the right way and just it's you know it's every day is a it's a new day it's a new challenge and um you know it's as long as you're as you're driving forward and going and going uphill a little bit every single day you're moving in a direction of, of positive growth and um it that, that's a that's the adventure it's definitely not a dynamic that you guys are alone on. I mean, I can't think of how many people we talked to on this show that said they realized at some point that the CEO and who the entrepreneur was that started the company weren't going to be the same person. You know, I mean, maybe for you guys it's a little bit different. Um, you guys seem really passionate about the brand and about learning, obviously really sharp. So do you see yourself being CEO of 100 restaurants or do you see <laughs> yourself stepping back or... We learned about the founder's trap uh, recently, which is the idea of, you know, just like what you're talking about, you you, you need to understand your role as, as a company's growing. Um, and uh, I haven't really thought that far in advance in terms of, um, 
you know, I, I want to continue to make sure Fusion's building value and ma making a difference in the communities that it operates in. Um, I mean, I love, you know, my, my partner Steve and Josh, they're, they, we all love what we're doing. I, the reason why they're not here right now is because they're helping with the rollout tomorrow morning and getting all the new menus hung. And um, so it's, um, I mean, we, we have no intention of going anywhere anytime soon. We're, we feel like we're just getting started. And we're excited to see what we can, we, what we can make of this. So we're not going anywhere. Uh, but you asked me, um, oh, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about uh, a, a recent book that I read. It was um, uh, Phil Knight's book, uh, um, Shoe Dog. The Shoe Dog. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of in correlation when I was thinking about my dad. And, you know, just the, the that majority of that book takes place before they even hit 10 million in revenue. You know, and, and then all of a sudden it became worth billions of dollars. But the stories of the, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, trying to pay your bills and, and dealing with banks and, you know, how he used to go home every single night and sit on his lazy boy and talk to his dad. Like, every company started that way. And, and they're all completely different stories. Um, and those, you know, when you read that book, you, you can connect with Nike on another level that none of us really know until that story is being told. Um, and when you hear those kind of stories, those are the stories that continue to inspire me when I feel like everything's, you know, falling apart. And, and um, it's, what, it's, the, it's the exciting part, and that's what makes you want to get up the next morning and, and, you know, do everything you can to continue to make a positive influence with, you know, everybody around you. And um, so, yeah, I think that was kind of – but Phil Knight obviously grew Nike to be very big, so um, I look forward to the same opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really key that what you said there is just keep getting up and keep staying positive no matter how many times something something bad happens, especially in entrepreneurship and business. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned from everybody, it's that something bad's going to happen at some point. It happens to all your, of us. In your business career. So being able to take those hits and take those punches and keep just pushing, keep chugging along, I think is super important. But uh, what I want to talk a little bit about is kind of turn towards 2018, which you guys are thinking after launching bowls. Uh, you guys have any targets for new markets you're going to move into in 2018 and new locations that uh, might be popping up that, that we can talk about on the show? Uh, not at the moment, no. Okay. Uh, 2018 is a focus. Uh, the, the entire focus is on improving our four walls and improving our menu um, and continuing to create the best experience possible. We haven't really changed our menu much the first seven years we were in business. Uh, you know, We put a new seasonal ingredient out. You know, every single month where we change it from strawberries to, you know, to sugar snap peas or to, to you know, sweet potatoes. And that, you know, that, that, that's great and all. Um, and we love that. But we're, we're, we're working on, like, the version two of our, of our menu and really elevating um, our flavors and adding different products to our menu um, that we've never done before and keeping it, you know, changing our menu multiple times a year and making that a part of the story that we're telling. So you keep the buzz. You keep the you know, people talking and excited about what's next and what's, what's coming um, and new flavors. And uh, that's the exciting part. So that is where we're highly focused on and, and telling that story and the why behind it and where the products are coming from and, and really getting, getting um, and focusing on that and then making that a part of our, you know, how we operate our business day in, day out. And then once we kind of nail that, then we'll start talking about, about the growth again. Um, so when we come back here, I don't know, maybe next year, maybe 12 <laughs> months from now, I mean, it could change quickly. I mean, that's, so that's, that's the, the number one focus right now is to keep focusing on that menu itself, um, and building our team and making our team as strong as possible. 
and keep recruiting the best people we can find. We see a lot of local collaborations going on, like uh, Mikey's Late Night Slice doing like a hot chicken takeover pizza. Are we going to see yeah. a, a sushi za or a hot chicken roll here soon? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, um, Joe, are you listening out there? <laughs> he definitely uh, is. No, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, I'm, I'm pretty close with Joe. Joe, uh, I'm super proud of everything he's done and what he's creating. And uh, we've, we've definitely talked about doing a, a, a hot chicken collab, which um, would be awesome because we could, we could put that in a roll, we could put it in a bowl um, and really make an impact. And uh, hopefully we'll get that done um, sooner than later. Um, we, we, we started a conversation about it a couple months ago and then we, we both were like, we got, we got to take care of some stuff, so we put it on the back burner for a minute, but I think we'll start that conversation again soon. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of, you know, we, we, we were doing a lot of that before, you know. Um, that's the fun stuff, and that's what p gets people excited and talking about it, and that's kind of what I was referring to, is, is keeping, being able to execute that stuff, um, th those menu changes and, those, and execute on all angles from a marketing standpoint, from an operations standpoint, not missing a beat while you're growing. So we need to make sure that we understand how to do that and then start growing again and then focus on being able to do both at the same time. But yes, I mean, you know, we, we did one not a year and a half ago with, uh, with Dan Wright at Senate in downtown Cincinnati. And, you know, I went to his restaurant this weekend when I was down there. He's amazing and he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. We put, you know, beet cured salmon on our menu with some misu ponzu cream cheese and um, uh, everything bagel spice as a topping. And that's, that's fusion. Is, is a combination of a bunch of great flavors um, and executing it in, a, in an environment that, you know, feels great to everybody. So, yes, I mean, the more collaborations, the better. You know, we'd, we'd love to cl collaborate with Jenny and makes a really awesome dessert. That'd be cool, too. I mean, anybody, like, we, we want to collaborate with people that live and breathe with, you know, the same values and do business the same way we do and, um, you know, and, and, and create meaningful relationships in our communities, and that's... You know, that's what our that's what our vision is so um, we want to do more stuff I would rather be doing that right now than opening the next store because I think that we can make a big impact that way and when the next store will come when it when it's ready to come so I'm glad that you mentioned that though that's funny we didn't even talk about that before <laughs> yeah man, I'm just here to inspire ideas that's yeah. what and it's, you know what's funny about that is a couple years back well not a couple it would have been a little about a year ago we went to a Jenny's event where they were serving hot chicken and Joe was there and yeah Jenny served a cold she asked them to do a cold Really? It was like cold, hot chicken. It was like, I was like, this is going to be the strangest thing ever, but... Which, I mean, her story has been incredible. I mm -hmm. mean, watching what they've done in the last 12 months, I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, they've been through their ups and downs, and I love it. It's I'm such a yeah. fan. It's, it's uh, you know, I ran into her the other day, and she was, or I don't know, it was probably a couple weeks ago now, and we were just, we're just like talking about the what it's like to, to build a business and try to, you know, continue to make it, impactful and she's doing it on a national level now which is super cool i think where it really hit me i was in uh, la for the first time last week when we went to a jenny store we were there obviously because i'm going to go to the one in venice uh no it was, yeah yeah it was the one in venice the, the glass storefront yep. beautiful yeah it was awesome and i'm sitting there i'm kind of sitting quietly listening to the conversations around me they're all like talking about her and like looking at her pictures on the wall and like <laughs> they talk about her like she's like like a god i mean it's awesome what she's done she like makes she makes great ice cream it. yeah she makes really good ice cream and i'm just sitting there i'm like that's so cool man these people like I, I come to california i can go to any place i want i end up at a jenny's i can get every day of the week that's and the hear exciting these people thing talk about, about business it. you know yeah. it's it's the opportunity to to continue to build something you know that's why I like I don't want to do anything else right this is great I mean I I I want to be able to do the same thing with fusion I can't wait to have a fusion in Santa Monica and 
you know, fly from, you know, what she's doing, flying from D.C. to to L.A. to, you know, to Chicago and opening Jenny's. So I want to be doing that with Fusion. I want to be able to see our experience and, and make those impacts, not just in Ohio. I love Ohio, but I want to do it elsewhere. And I think it would, I think it's going to work, and I think people want it. And, um, you know, I want... I want to be, you know, I want the feedback to know how we can continue to make it better. And, you know, our bowls aren't going to be perfect tomorrow. They're not going to be, but we need to keep making them better every single day. And, um, and as we do that, we'll have those opportunities to, you know, to open up a, a fusion next to a Jenny's in Venice. <laughs> Once you do it, I'll go out there. I'll let you know uh, how yeah. they talk about you inside the store. I'll there. Perfect. Uh, I'm quietly from San quiet. Diego originally, so I'll, I'll run up and down San Diego telling everybody to go try it out. And yeah. It's, it's got to be the cool part about being in Columbus, too, because just like you got so many people that are inspired, hungry, and driven that are doing the same thing that you guys are looking to do, and it's just like so many minds to bounce ideas off of and get inspiration from. So There's a lot of, uh, a lot of good people in Columbus, and it's, uh, you know, in Ohio, all, all over Ohio, it's... Uh, I love taking my, uh, you know, we were born in Dayton. We live in Columbus. We started in Cincinnati, and we lived in Cincinnati for a while. I live in Columbus now, and I went to school here. And I love taking my Ohio, um, you know, my Ohio-ness everywhere I go. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't, never been here. It's a flyover state for so many people. And, you know, as I'm networking and building relationships and communities on, you know, in New York and L.A., they're like, i I never been to Ohio. I'm like... You'd love it. You gotta come, and once people do, they always love it. You just, you just gotta get them over here the first time. Yeah, well, here I am, and I'm, you know, I had San Diego yes. weather to uh, call me back home, and I think it's just it's infatuating. The Ohio spirit, and uh, it's it's everyone's so proud of being from Ohio. It's the people. And yeah, it's, it's the people, and it's the motivation, and I think that we've kind of just got this more of a, I don't know, it's not it's not like we're insanely more motivated than everybody in the, in the world but we kind of got like a chip on our shoulder like hey we're ohio and we're gonna be something yeah so some of us like to leave but we always come back mm -hmm. so it's uh it's great <laughs> so yeah but uh, you know i think you know this is a good time to kind of pivot into our last question and i i suspect your answer is going to be a little different than the first time we asked you but the theme of our show is live uncomfortably and without telling you too much more about it what does the phrase mean to you, and how does it apply to your life and your career? Live uncomfortably. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, those are those are the uh, first of all. It's a great vision for your for your podcast because that's where all the growth comes from. Um, without having those uncomfortable experiences, uh, you can't grow from them. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, I I think that's where I've grown up the most uh, by being uncomfortable. So it's it's kind of the theme of you know, making it part of your daily life to be doing something every single day um, that makes you uncomfortable and, and growing from that. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's super important to me. I went, I went on a, a pretty cool experience through this, uh, the, the Schusterman Foundation into Israel um, last year. And I went on this like wellness experience and uh, I don't, I haven't fully dove into meditation um, at the highest level, but I was with a lot of people that were, and I love it. And I just, I'm still at the early stages of learning more about it. But, you know, they, you know, there's a lot, a lot, uh, you know, for me, that was uncomfortable at the beginning. Um, and as I've warmed up to it and educated myself even more, uh, it, I, I understand it. I understand um, the importance of, of, of you know that was where I was uncomfortable and I understand the importance of relaxing your mind and trying to to stay focused and I still have I, I, 
I haven't dug enough into it, but that's like, I'm saying that because I want to commit to understanding meditation much better so I can continue to become a better listener, a more relaxed person, a better leader. Um, and I think that's, those are, you know, it's, you don't, you can't necessarily, uh, you just got to practice that. So that's my, uh, I'm, I'm committing to being a little bit more uncomfortable with that. And, uh, but yeah, I think that, did that answer the question a little no, bit? Yeah, it did. It, it's, <laughs> by the way, your commitment's live on Concrete Club. Yeah, I know. That's, that's so why I think I did it. A year from now or two, whenever we come back here, we're going to ask. Yeah, are you So we promise meditation. Jenny sushi ice cream and a hot chicken pizza. Ooh, wow, if I can <laughs> accomplish all three <laughs> of those things. Rolls. Hot chicken rolls. So we got we got a lot of things. So uh, <laughs> I love that you guys brought that up. That's great. Yeah, how great would that be? It would be, be awesome. awesome. I am excited for it. I'm already I'm already planning on trying it when it comes out, but uh, Zach, thanks a lot again for joining us. And hey, we really appreciate it and we always enjoy our time talking with you. Thank you. Uh, I I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, um, I like the, you know, this is this is our second chapter in our story, and I, I look forward to the third chapter because we'll all be a little bit smarter and a little bit older and a little bit more mature. And speaking and, and for me and you, I don't yeah. know, I'm like, man, <laughs> uh, you know uh, what I mean. You know what I mean. In. All right. But uh, all right, and conquerors, thanks for listening. That was Zach Weprin of Fusion, with a lot of great advice and some stories of where Fusion's going. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We'll talk to you next week. If you guys enjoyed that episode, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And go ahead and click that subscribe button. It'll make sure you never miss another episode of Conquering Columbus. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to say thanks to all of our incredible sponsors one more time. Conquering Columbus is brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit that helps connect entrepreneurs to investors, mentors, talent, and capital through business pitch events, workshops, and classes offered throughout the state. And for more information, head on over to sundownfirst.org. And our last sponsor is Facilities Management Express, or FMX for short. FMX is actually founded and headquartered here in Columbus, Ohio. They're a startup software company. What's really cool about them, there's a lot of competitors in this space, but they made a name for themselves by designing an easy-to-use and tailored-fit facilities maintenance and management software. They serve industries ranging from churches and schools to property management, manufacturing, and fast casual restaurants. You can learn more or check out a free trial at gofmx.com. You can drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning but I'll find a way to survive I'll find a way to get the job done yeah there's a little doubt but you know what once again I think of that guy in my ear I think about stepping up to the stage I think about the challenge like I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost and so like I bet on me any day choosing greatness greatness doesn't choose you you know you have to choose it and yeah, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.